0: May 4, 2020. It's a live from Pedro Show. Monday everybody. We started off with John Coltrane doing Serenity. <laughs> me, my <laughs> guests were just having some, some Serenity right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Brother Matt, you know, we're in Quentin Quarantino mode so he's at the Love Grotto on Pleasure Point three miles south of here but I'm not totally man alone in my pad because of the wonders of those engineers in Estonia with their Skype software. I got Talia Zedek with me all the way from Boston. Welcome aboard Talia. We heard you... Uh, Song off your new uh, proj, e something called Sunrise. Ah, awesome! Which Hi, Mike. To, How's it going? I'm, I'm really fucking honored to have you on the show. I've been a fan of a. In fact, I, I I remember the first time I saw you play. We shared a bill. You were uh, front lady for a live school. Yeah, and it was in Florida, I think. At in a uh, what's that Disney town? Oh, Orlando. Oh my God! Wow. Yeah, I think I I can't remember the name of the pad. It's before I did fucking diaries. So, but
1: uh, (laughs) I don't remember. I don't remember either. But I definitely, yeah, definitely remember playing with Fireos. I think we played together. That's that's what I'm talking
0: about. That's what I'm talking about. And you had really short hair. Yeah, I might have like bald, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I probably just cut it. Yeah, and and, uh, interesting makeup. uh, The the circles around the eyes. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was righteous. I mean, and so you know that that's
1: not make that's not makeup, Mike. That's my <laughs> that, that is actually part of my face. Okay, but, um.
0: <laughs> okay. part of my but, face too. My <laughs> mine are kind of bags, though.
1: <laughs> no, even as a kid, I had like circles under my eyes. Yeah, Crazy.
0: yeah, some people do. It's the kind of thing you know, yeah. like freckles. <laughs> yeah, different. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, some people hate freckles. My sister has freckles and she hates them.
1: Yeah, i i don't I don't have freckles. Luckily, I've got that olive skin. Yeah, yeah, Mediterranean. So I think freckles is kind of. I could see how that would be maybe annoying to have. You can't <laughs> With, control them, right? And they yeah, just and
0: usually so. it's uh, fair skin, right? Right. Yeah. And yeah. She does so the sun, freckles, you know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's let's talk about your journey through music. What's your earliest? Musical recollection
1: tell you. Oh wow. Like playing music, you mean no, or, or musical, uh,
0: like you know, as a
1: child or as a child. Let's see. Um I remember um <laughs> dancing around to Night on Bald Mountain wow. actually. <laughs> Which is I don't even know who wrote that music. It's like a classical yeah. piece. And um my parents were, were um are really really into music both of them but neither of them really played anything but both of them especially my mother um Listeners. is a huge like like music is like one of the most important things to her but um they they listen to a lot of like folk music they were into and um so I kind of listened to that stuff and then for some reason we had this this very dramatic classical music record night on bald mountain which it might have been like one of those kind of like Peter and the Wolf type things, <laughs> classic music for kids, but I remember I remember uh like running around and dancing to it and stuff and and being pretty into music at a at a, a really early age. That's um That's great. Was there yeah.
0: instrument, was there instruments in the pad?
1: Um we had eventually we got like a old like piano, like one of those upright things and um both me and my brother took lessons on it, but...
0: Um, How was your I, experience? Because we've had several guests on the show, and sometimes it's really good, sometimes it's really lame. Yeah, it was
1: It was not really good, because I think we had one of those piano teachers, I can't remember her name That's now. That's usually
0: the problem. It's it's not the instrument, it's the teacher. Right.
1: <laughs> they actually would slap your fingers or something. <laughs> and um, I remember, like, you know, you had to start out playing these, like, really dumb songs I remember like this song like something about the Volga like a very <laughs> you, you know like three note song and you know I started out like reading music and, and I I got I don't know I got very frustrated and, and quit um, I had started then I had a chance to learn violin like in, in my school I grew up in DC and um, I was going to ask
0: you in school did you were you part of the choir or the marching band was, or shit like that
1: yeah, and and later in in um in high school I was in the marching band definitely clarinet, clarinet I'm still playing okay. clarinet to to this day, um, well, that's great. Yeah, I kind of would I would do anything that would get me out of the house. So I was in like the marching band, I was in the jazz band. My favorite was being in the in the pit for all the like musical plays because there was all always, always a lot of hijinks going on and the stage band theater music was I, I was not that great a clarinet player and actually. Theater music is incredibly hard to oh, play. Oh yeah, um, I
0: can imagine. Lots like, of
1: cards. In sharps and flats and all that kind of right. stuff, but but so, it was fun, kind of like you know, I don't know. We were we were pretty. I was I was kind of a goof off in high school, so I mean, we would be smoking pot in the pit and you know, and getting stoned on the you know, riding to all the away games. I, I was pretty into it. Pretty pretty into that thing, kind of as a as more all the people in the band tended to be kind of uh, the renegades and freaks of the school. So it was, I kind of felt at home there.
0: Yeah. You learned to to write and read.
1: Yeah. I learned how, I learned how to um, read music pretty, pretty young. Like um, I had like, when I was 10, I lived in London for a year. My family lived in London for a year and, and um, it was a really strange educational system there, but I ended up, um, my teacher, when I was ten, she was like the music teacher for the whole school and um, and so I was basically in music class like all day long, which was completely <laughs> fine with me. and I learned how to play the recorder and and read music. I think it was also in the choir. I mean, I didn't learn hardly anything else, but um, I started to read music on there, and then, and then that's where I kind of discovered the clarinet, because an older student came in to kind of show and tell, you know, she had been in our class, and she was like, look, Eleanor plays the clarinet, and I kind of fell in love with the sound of that instrument, and so when I got back to the States and was entering junior high, the junior high school had like band class, and I you know, did the thing where you kind of, you know, rent the clarinet from the, the, the local music store, and I, right. I got some lessons, and yeah.
0: You know, that one of the nicknames in the old days was the Licorice Stick. Yeah, I know, I yeah. know. Because they used to be kind of rock star, Artie Shaw. You know? Oh, definitely! It's such a cool
1: instrument. I love it. Like, and for klezmer music and sort of like, oh yeah, it's some of the Eastern European stuff. I mean, I wish I could play like that, but I, I still. It's almost like uh kind of a, a punk, clarinet,
0: kind of a punk thing. That, that that there's a lot of beats per minute with that klezmer stuff. Yeah, I know I, know. I know. I'm a big fan. And and, and, yeah. and the clarinet where it lives, like the oboe, it cuts through. Yeah, you know where it lives. Sound wise, can you remember the first record you bought for yourself? I think the first. First record, I i think I remember
1: stealing records from the library, but um, <laughs> not, not intentionally necessarily, yeah. but just kind of like, oh, I, I really like this. <laughs> and I have to keep, yeah, listening to it forever. But um, I, the first record I ever actually like bought for myself, it might have been The Doors Absolutely Live.
0: Oh, yeah, I remember
1: that one. Yeah, a really long time ago. And um, maybe John Mayle, too. I was really, when I first started playing guitar, I was really into blues. I had like Johnny Winner and uh John Mayle. I remember I had the jazz blues fusion and it was cool because they would write the chord charts on the back (laughs) and you could just play along with it and stuff. So
0: what about your first gig that you went to?
1: Um first gig I went to um it was it might have been it was either Bruce Springsteen or the Kinks at the Capitol Center in in uh lansdowne maryland or lansdowne virginia i know it was, it was maryland, maryland which was, uh, yeah. it was actually that that place was made famous i don't know if you ever saw this movie called rock and roll parking lot i've heard of it, it the judas priest gig and that that pretty much sums up my high school experience if you've seen that movie that's that's kind of i went to high school in silver spring maryland that's but the go- cool thing was that i got into patty smith Pretty early. I mean, Patti Smith came out pretty early, like in seven, and the Ramones in yeah. 76. And, um, I guess because New York and DC aren't that far away, like the Ramones used to play, um, a lot at the University of Maryland in College Park. And, um, and I had a fake ID very young. And I used to, I, I was going to punk clubs, like really, really young. Like in the, in the 70s, I was going to the Atlantis, which then came, became the 930 Club. And then, now it's a, in a different place. I think now the yeah. Black Cat is kind of near where that was. So I saw a lot of sort of early um, D.C. punk bands like the Slicky Boys and the Deceits and the Nurses and stuff like that. Because back then the Maryland driver's license didn't have a photo on it, so it was really easy to get someone's like older older sibling's license and go down there. Are you cutting your nails? No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm fidgeting. I'm, I'm clicking a ballpoint pen on and
2: off, but I'll stop.
1: OK,: that's, that, that.
0: It's annoying. I know. The well when is- you listen back, you'll know what I mean. I want to play some bands that you were in kind of early, and then we'll talk more about your journey.: All right, OK, this one here, what we were talking about before we started the show, Live skull.)
1: To the
2: voice gaps
3: Bub in rope. Bub in jail. Bub in tent. Bub in pail. Bub on springs. Bub's breaks. Bub in pajamas. Bub's party with Gill and Mat and Bub in ditches. You break bub gills pill perfumeral.
4: Slap it, Joe. I need a woman who can pitch my tent. I my bags and take the dead. Felt the breeze in his big forehead. The breeze in his big forehead. So I asked Have you ever bait a fish hook, deep fry a Twinkie, and take one in the air. The she hums my bag.
0: Pedro show live skull with Sparky, uh, Uzi. After that, your own band, right? Yeah, Pale yeah. light, then come, submerge. Uh, I saw Chris do a streaming thing a couple weeks ago.
1: Yeah, he's yeah. been doing. He's been doing some of that. Yeah, All
0: right. Uh, Bilch pump after that from Leeds with uh, pa- pa- uh, Pangea. No more. Day Walker from Romania with. Watching Henry Rollins play. I just love the, side, the title of that song. Yeah, that's great. What does Hank play? You know, the radio? Cue <laughs> <laughs> ball. I remember before Black Flag gigs, he'd get a cue ball just squeeze the motherfuck out of it to get ready. The extract out of Canada was Cygnus. Then Cap Beefheart doing a poem up in Trinidad few out Amarillo with Donkey Punch, and finally Like a Leaf from E. Okay, so lots of music in school, it sounds like, which is great, you know, because I've heard a lot of schools cut their fucking music programs and shit. But what about the stuff where after school in the bedroom or the basement or garage band, did you do stuff like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, um, well you, you should tell me how you got on guitar.
1: I got on guitar because... um. Through my my friend who lived up the street Pat Marin had a guitar and uh and she kind of taught me how to play guitar um I would play on her guitar and her brother who was like five years older was like a, a bass player and like a musician and a really really cool guy one of the you know the cool kids in high school and I think me and Pat were both probably in I don't know sixth or seventh grade then but I, I don't know I had tried to be in a rock band with clarinet, <laughs> actually. This is, this is how it started. And I did have a band with my like neighborhood friends, uh, Rena Roberts played bass. And I think her sister, Tina, her, her identical twin sister, Tina, might have played drums. And then we had this other friend of ours, Jay, and um, and I played clarinet. And I think at some point I realized that clarinet was not a good instrument for a rock band and I, I guess I was already into rock at that point. But, um.
0: Uh, you, so, do, you, do you remember uh, a Cleveland band called Death of Samantha?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. John I Mc... know John Petkovic. yeah. John Pekovic Pekovic played clarinet. Ah. I did not group. know that. I never saw Death of Samantha. They'd broken up. I, I saw um his his next band. Um, Cobra Verde. Yeah, Cobra Verde, yeah. Oh, yeah. The
0: Cobra, Herzog movie.
1: I didn't know that he played clarinet, though. I never yeah, knew that.
0: but you're right. It is. It was pretty rare.
1: Yeah. Well, I actually ended up playing clarinet in both Uzi and Live Skull, and now I'm, now I'm playing it again in a sort of more experimental band I'm in called TK. So I never completely put down the clarinet, but I think it. I think I realized that like the guitar would be a better instrument for for uh, just. Playing with people, jamming with people, and um, so I learned to play guitar. On I think uh, on Pat's guitar, I got like a. What
0: did Pat have? Does she have acoustic?
1: Yeah, it was acoustic. When did you get your first electric guitar? I got my first electric guitar. It was in I think I was in tenth grade, and this girl Marla, I can't remember her last name right now, was selling. Her guitar. It was a Gibson Marauder, and she was selling it in a PV Classic amp. And um, I saved up, I saved up money and um, and bought it with money I'd saved up, like babysitting or something like that. And um, yeah, I, I remember my parents were actually not happy about that, but I <laughs> but I was like, it's my it's my money, you know, like yeah. so you can't say anything. And then you know, I actually. The story that that amp was actually a it was actually a cool guitar and a cool amp, and I played it for years afterwards. I mean Gibson Marauder was kinda like it was kinda like one of their cheaper um Yeah,
0: Dezo had one. They had a bolt that, on neck, it was kinda like a
1: fender. Yeah, it wasn't bad at all. And uh the also the P V Classic wasn't bad. And the best thing about the P V Classic is I ended up trading it to Eric Martin from the Neats for his Princeton. And I still, to this day, have the Princeton Twin, uh, the Princeton Reverb, and I, I play it a lot at home. Yeah, so I think I, I think I might have gotten the better the better bargain out oh, of that Yeah, Gito. Princeton
0: reverbs are great.
1: I know he had a Princeton, but it wasn't loud enough, in my P no, was no. Loud. But for
0: like recording shit.
1: Oh, I know. I yeah, it's my it's it's been in my in my music room, bedroom, whatever, for pretty much all my life. That's that's what I use at home, and
0: you Do, know, okay. With Pat, you you guys made a band,
1: right? We didn't make a band. Like, we, we both played acoustic guitar, but we were we wrote songs together. It was weird, and I don't oh, know yeah. why. We started writing together right away. She was a singer. She was more into singing. Yeah, that's right. And she had a really good voice. So like, I think I would play guitar, and she would sing. And then, I mean, that didn't go on for too long. But then once I had the electric guitar, I started looking for bands to be in and, and stuff like that and people, people to play with more. What
0: was the first band you were in?
1: I was in this band called the Fingers of Shame. (laughs) You know (laughs) about
0: the sack of shame? And no, I don't. You ain't allowed to take dumps on tour buses. So if you got to go, they give you this fucking hefty sack, you know, and you got to foul it. No (laughs) sack of of shit.
1: None of us knew about that. um, Well, I don't have a lot of tour bus experience, but a little bit. It was cool. Like, I answered an ad. I was, I was answering an ad in, like, a free paper. I was probably, like, 15 or 16. Uh-huh. And it was this, this band um, that was on Limp Records, like, in D.C. There was, there was already Stiff Records. was really big in, in the States. And, and uh, we had our own little indie label called Limp Records. And I was already kind of going to Yesterday and Today, which is a cool store in, in Rockville, Maryland. And um, Yeah,
0: you was, know, uh, a couple of days ago I did an interview with a guy who just made a huge documentary on the 1979 1980 DC scene and he talks about that record store
1: oh yeah yeah it was huge I mean like when they put out um they put out a record a compilation record which I still have that was of uh, bands that were on their label and it was like half Japanese and like right slicky boys and like I think Bad Brains was already around then, but I don't think they were on Limp. But they had, there was this band called The Shirkers that had put out this single called Drunken Disorderly, and which I liked. And I think I had seen them play because I was going to clubs by the time I was 15. So I started, I really started pretty young. And I saw an ad and it was like ex-Shirkers and it was this guy, Steve, who was, he was way older than me. I mean, I was really young and, and, uh, and, and we had this band it was like i was on guitar steve was the singer um this guy zimmer boss was also on guitar and um the, the cool thing about it is we actually record it with don zantera he went that. on yeah and it was like ages ago and that's how that's how long he's been doing what's it the i remember name like of this
0: band, Talia? what's that what's the name of this band
1: it was that right. like we never did anything with the recording i think i remember the recording session being Pretty traumatic for me, but um it was uh the name of the band was called The Fingers of Shame.
0: That's right, the Fingers of Shame. And, Fingers did, Shame
1: and yeah, yeah, the, the name of gigs, was, uh, right?
0: Did you do gigs? What was the first gig like?
1: No, we never did a gig. Oh we wow. Never, never did a gig. Yeah. I think we broke up. I can't even really remember why, you know. We might have broken up after that recording and all the other people in the band were a lot older than me. I wasn't a very good guitar player at that time and I remember like going into the studio was kind of a rude awakening for me. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: yeah,
0: not, Yeah, but I'm still, just you got like, to do oh, it. It was an experience. Uh, what, what, uh, what was the first band you joined that did a gig?
1: <laughs> the first band I was in that did a gig was um, a band called White Women. <laughs> yeah. and, and that was, I was already in Boston by then. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, and I, we did a lot of gigs. Actually, we played with the Bush Tetras a lot. Yeah, and but that t- was... t-
0: tell me about the first one because I, I, I'm always interested in that.
1: Man, it's just terrible. But I don't, I don't know if I remember the first, okay.
0: first gig. <laughs> That's okay.
1: Jeez, it might have been like I remember the first time I was on stage really clearly because I remember it was at our high school talent show.
0: Oh wow! With and the
1: um, what's that?
0: With the clarinet.
1: No, no. It was with we were yeah, it was a cover band. We were doing a couple songs. We were doing Crazy on You by Heart. Yeah. And I think we were doing uh maybe jumping Jack Flash or uh and, and you, and you were playing clarinet or guitar? I was playing guitar then. Okay, okay. Yeah, and I was I was recruited I started I was recruited by some, you know, high school band there were a lot of kids who played music in my high school and and um and so I got rec- recruited to play rhythm guitar in that and um and I remember being terrified of going on stage but then when I went on stage like I actually felt all right like I was terrified beforehand yeah. and then the yeah. minute I actually did it I was okay and I remember being so relieved out so I I was like cuz I was like oh god I'm going to have stage fright I'm going to Freak out! I'm gonna like you know, so but yeah, it's so weird. I don't remember the first the first gig I did with the White Women. White it was women, probably like a off party were, or something. Like
0: that. Was White Women all women?
1: Yes, okay. and we were all women, and we are named after this. It was like this because there this, was a Boston band called The Girls, and they were all right, dudes. Yeah, we that was about the same time as The Girls. Yeah,
0: I saw The Girls. They were Man, they were that, cool. that 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 record. Jeffrey, the, I dare Ge- you. Yeah, it's yeah. such a. That is Cut. great. The, the Perubu guys put that out, right?
1: Uh, quite possibly, because I, I know David Hills, so. the singer, went on to do a lot of stuff with David Thomas. He was in The Farmers with him and, and stuff.
0: That's yeah, a great I missed, record, the I girl. The, Steve Stain I, turned me on to that. Yeah, I love Steve. I'm you still impressed he, he, with He's Steve. up in the Bay Area now.
1: yeah. We're now we're Facebook friends, but I I used to see Steve play all the time. And Steve is Steve is great. Yeah, it was oh, great. Yeah,
0: he'd be at a lot of Minuteman shows and that dude was a dancer, man. One yeah. of the best dancers of my life I've seen. And he'd cover yeah. the whole room. I mean he'd be all yeah. over. Yeah, he beautiful guy. You know, in those days the the movement was full of individuals.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Look, we're at the end of the first hour, May 4, twenty twenty. Special guest Taddy, is that hold tight for hour two. <laughs> May 4th, 2020. It's the second hour of the lot for Pedro Show.
5: Sexual, though strangely not for beauty and art, for negative space, subtractive, conceptual. I cease the sensing of legs and of asses.
6: One of a housing estate caretaker's first weekly starting points is to inspect the estate's rubbish chutes for blockages. After the weekend, if you enter the bin room at the bottom of the block and your paladin bin is empty, you've probably got a blockage to deal with. Chutes become blocked up easily, "'Someone will try to stuff in something that is too big, "'and the next thing you know it's a garbage gridlock situation. "'This can be solved by trying to poke the source of the blockage "'with a long pole or by pouring buckets of water down the chute "'to try to flush it all out. "'One must be very careful not to stand at the bottom of an open chute, "'especially while moving the bins around.' "'If something gets dropped from the tenth floor and cracks you on your head, "'then expect to have a headache, to say the least. "'I learned my lesson one day when a plastic bag filled with human shit "'whistled past my nose and landed all over my feet. "'It goes without saying that a good pair of high-legged steel-toe-cap boots "'are essential on the job. "'It's also worth having a look into the bins themselves.' as all kinds of things end up in them that could be of interest, from rare antiques and comic books that have been cleared out to unwanted pets such as dogs, cats, rabbits, hamsters and goldfish and even the occasional newborn baby. You never know what you're going to find.
7: Way, leaving me with nothing left to say. Too late. Time just keeps on chasing me. All my friends and enemies are one. How fun. We live our lives with secret fears, counting days and losing like a
8: Side of the tracks, but the white folks changed and they rearranged it and they're never gonna give it back. Everybody will be singing, yeah, they're really singing loud. All oh, rocking, rollin'. and the managers are saying empty pockets just ain't allowed. All right. On the poor side of the tracks But the white folks change And they rearranged it, And they're never gonna give it back, Jack Everybody will be singing Yeah, they really come alive When the fans start swinging To the and Bob.
2: Cooks like that
8: oh my god the turn up the heat
0: Pedro, show we start off the second hour with E, doing Geldon. After that, John Amplus, Pittsburgh guy with Old J. Calcut in South London, so it's a little collab there. Caretakers bins. I think in England they call trash cans bins. People. Psyca. Uh, after that, these were some kids right out of high school in the early '70s. They did one gig and pressed up 50 records. <laughs> it was over. <laughs> So sort of like your fingers of shame there, tell you. Yeah, yeah. Mike uh, Rugnetta after that with Surface, the alternate instrumentation version. Tom Herman, he was on the show last week. Uh, guitar man from Perubu. A big uh, influence on me and Dee Boone and Georgie. Tom Herman. And he's got two brand new albums The Long Way Down. Uh, Peter L- uh, Lochner after that. Fat City Jive. He was important in the old Cleveland scene, And finally, Acid Mantle from E. Okay, so Let's see, talent show, band that only rec- does one session. What, what came after this? You, you end up going to New York City. Oh, what, what, Off-air, people, we were talking about what uh, Talia called the Boston loft scene because we have a mutual friend, uh, Steve Stain, a beautiful guy. He's up in the Bay Area now in the city. Well, I think East Bay. I mean, this guy was an incredible dancer and a great musician and stuff, too. But he started in Boston, so you knew him much before I did, before he came to SoCal. Y-
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, and he, we were actually pretty good friends. I mean, he 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 was old, he's older than me, but I was I was uh, he was already like he was one of the art school people, and uh, he was incredible. It was the first I'd ever seen like sort of performance art. He was he was a great 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 performer, and for some we just got along really good. And I think I kind of even played some music with him and stuff. But uh, he was a really sweet guy, and we stayed friends for. For quite a while after, you know, every after uh, he moved out to L.A. at first, and um, and when I would come through with Live Skull and stuff, we would all he would always come to the shows and we would hang out and stuff. So um,
0: yeah, he was big uh, with the, when the Anti Club was around in Hollywood, Helen and stuff. Around that for but to, uh, me and Dee Boone ended up put out some records by him. The brain feels no pain, and you said you had a copy.
1: Yeah, I do. I do definitely.
0: And then, and then he made a seven-inch for us called "This Was New Alliance Records," uh, called uh, "What Makes Donna Twirl." Oh, God. <laughs> I don't think I. Have. Yeah, I
2: don't know
0: it, it's trippy. You know, it's 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 beautiful. It's uh, avant garde, uh, free, and and just people like that I really that's why I miss about the old days of the movement not just to be nostalgic but there was a lot of uh inspiring individuals yeah. I mean, not a yeah. lot because our scene was small but inside that small scene was a lot there wasn't a lot of clonage there wasn't a lot of rubber stamp yet cookie cutter <laughs> oh. you know what i mean so uh, uh, in boston there well, you end up getting to New York,
1: right? I went to, you know, I was, my time in New York was, was pretty brief, to tell you the truth. I've mostly been in Boston, but I moved to, when I first joined, I moved to New York because I was, had joined Life Skull. Yeah, but that's
0: I, what I was going to say.
1: Yeah, the first, like, the first sort of six months of playing with them, I was actually Commuting and then, um actually, I think I was still in Boston when we recorded Dust It. But uh, i shortly after we recorded Dust It, I moved to New York. Yeah, and I was in New York for like the last half of the 80s. What was his
0: name? Uh, Tom Payne? Yeah, Tom Payne, yeah. All right. I remember Thirst told me he wrote a song called Tom Violence. Oh, wow. I think it was, was about Tom Payne? Yeah, maybe it was.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> I think it's on uh, Evil. <laughs> Yeah, that or sister. Yeah,
0: no, I know that song. It's a great song. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of their uh, symphonic, you know, just after. Uh, oh, a Boston guy. Uh, big influence on him and Lee uh, Ronaldo. Uh, God, we just lost him, too. Uh, uh, Glenn Branca. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I got to be in one of his symphonies, Symphony Number no. 13 here at the Disney Music Center. A beautiful oh, wow. guy, and his wife, Reg. I remember uh, him telling me about Boston. He actually came to your town um, in, to get into theater. And then music uh, just happened to happen. But I asked him what was his favorite rock band. He told me, Aerosmith. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I had no
1: idea that Glenn Branca was ever in Boston. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. He told me he came there to get involved with theater. But it, you know how things happen. You know, He ended up as a music guy. A weird
1: connection between Live Skull and... and um, and Glenn Branca, too, is that Live Skull's second bass player, Sonda. I don't know if she was in the band when we played with you guys or not, but she had long blonde hair. She yeah,
0: was She was at yeah. the, she was She's actually Glenn Branca's cousin. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And get this there was another band kind of in that scene, Rad at Rad R. And when I did the Hallucination City Symphony 13, he was the conductor, John Meyer, one of the guitar men. Oh, wow, okay. And a great guy. I watched him count out every fucking bar. There was four movements. I st- and well, there was only one drummer, 20 basses, 64 guitars. Uh, <laughs> and I, yeah. I sat next to the drummer man, Virgil, and I watched John the entire... But he... Remember Right At Rad R? They were kind of into that Sonic Youth thing, too. So, uh, look, look, let me play uh cot.
9: I'm flying, traveling all so far, down distant dynamite highways, past the morning star. Music is the thing and you line it up, coffee for a fling and it is there in your cup. And I'm still driving, driving, jamming and viewing things, going to see a good friend, speeding away the miles till the CD's end and I finally make it, doing right at the wheel, hold her steady and true, and you are highway jamming, not bad, just flying along, waiting for that highway to end on a song. Feeling that driving is alright, another journey done right.
0: Pedro show. Caught for me. It's All Happening from the band called It's All (laughs) Happening. Sounds like 60s. Living More with uh, Never Slow Down. This is some uh, Nomad Eel stuff. Great label here in Pedro. Joe Brewer, which is Jack Brewer's cousin from uh, Saccharine Trust. Wilmington, man. Highway Jamming. Then Mega Doubt featuring John M. out of Trieste. Jim Joyce taught English. Berlitz School. Va John. Paul Jacobs after that with easy warm weather. And finally, I found this, uh, you with a a violin man named David Michael Curry. Yeah. Doing a float, like in some little coffee house or something, live.
1: It's at the Model Cafe. It's actually like this sort of dive bar in our neighborhood. But they let us come in and film that, yeah, um, while the bar was still closed.
0: I really dug it. I really dug it.
1: Oh, thanks, man. Yeah,
0: you guys, yeah, much respect. Yeah, you
1: met you met Dave when we we played together on the, I think the first tour when I just started doing solo stuff. It was me and Dave, and I don't know if you remember that tour yeah. we did. Yeah,
0: yeah, sure, sure. But uh, I didn't think that the listeners, so I said his name anyway.
1: <laughs> no, <it was> good. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. So so how how long were you in life school? I'll tell you what's that? How long were you in life school?
1: I was in live, so I didn't. I was not in the original yeah, conception of the band, but I, I joined, um, about halfway through. So they had already done bring home the bait, which was the first LP they had done cloud one, which was their second LP. And they had done the pusher man EP. And I was a huge fan of theirs. And I used to play in Boston a lot. So I would see them a lot. Um, and, uh, I joined after that. And so I did dust it where, um, James Lowe did half that record and Rich Hutchins did the other half. James Lowe was their first drummer. He later went on to, to be in Chavez, great drummer, great, great dude. Um, and Marnie, the first bass player was still in that band. So we did Dusted Together and that was kind of more of like a hybrid band. And then I did um, Posi Traction with them and the Snuffer EP. So I, I, I was on the last 50% of their output.
0: Now, this is the first band when you really start touring and stuff, right?
1: Yes. I was so excited because I, with Uzi, I'd been in a few bands before Uzi. I'd been in White Women early on. Then I was in Dangerous Birds. Then I was in Uzi. And Uzi actually, <coughs> Dangerous Birds, White Women never released anything. Dangerous Birds released a single and, and had a, a track on a compilation EP on Propeller Records. Um and then and then uh, Uzi actually released a, a mini album on Homestead and broke up. So I just had a habit of being in bands that broke up as soon as, like, anything happened. And I'd still never been on tour, and I would really, really, really wanted to tour. And um, it was funny because I went to see Live Skull, because I always went to see Live Skull, and one of my friend's bands uh, from Propeller Records um, who's actually been in LA for a while? This guy Justin Burl, I don't know if you know him. He had a band called Wild Stairs. Oh, anyway, I know that band. Yeah, they were opening up for Live Skull, and I was hanging out with um, Wild Stairs in the dressing room, and and you know they were sharing the dressing room with Live Skull, and and they heard my name, which is kind of an unusual name, and they were just like, "Wait, are you in this band, Uzi?" And it turned out that they had heard the record and we're fans of the record which i didn't know about but it wasn't it was we were on the same label because i think the first the first live skull stuff came out in homestead so i guess it wasn't it wasn't too weird but um they're like yeah so they asked me to i didn't know it then but i guess they had been thinking about getting a lead singer because because none of them really enjoyed singing they were all sharing vocal duties at the time but i guess none of them really wanted to and uh and they asked me about Uzi. They said, actually, you know, we just broke up. So that's how I, that's how that kind of started out. They actually didn't even know that I played guitar. They they thought I was just a singer in Uzi. And um, and they thought I was a young boy, too. I <laughs> had a low <laughs> voice. They're like, wait, you're a girl and you play guitar? But um, anyway.
0: That's okay. They're but, uh, the students. They have to learn. We're at the yeah, end of the yeah. second hour, Talia. May 4, 2020 edition of Wap Pedro Show. Special guest, Talia Zedek. Hold tight for hour three. May 4, 2020. It's the third hour of the Wap for Pedro Show.
4: In the back of our lab, we engineer the germ. With this diagnosis, man, I can't come. Suffering up the bones, ideas in.
5: Retreating.
0: We we started the third hour off with E doing Contagion Model. V. Vale from Up in the City, original keyboard for Blue Chair, actually. All You Ever Wanted, A Man Alone on the Piano. Crane and Skip, The Lake, Atlantis Aquarius, Atlantis, makes sense. Baron Whitfield, The Savages, he's from uh, near Boston. Say what you want. Mr. Smothers, human sexual response. One of the guitar guys that came out of that band is in Barrett's band. I remember those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Wild Stare and the, the Neats. I remember the the DMZ and Scruffy the Cat and quite a scene. Yeah, like the, quite a scene. The Neats
1: and the Wild Stairs, they were all on this record. Uh, we were all on the same collective record label called Propeller Records. Right, right. And yeah. There's some, some cool stuff on that. Uh, the bass player in, in Barrett's Whitfield, Phil, um, had a really great band called Twenty One Six Four Five.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. That
1: are, yeah.
0: Chris Burns from Canada. After that, Mr. Smothers and Sophie Kate. Bark out of Knoxville. One-eyed driving, and finally, Miasma from E. So tell me about E. All right.
1: Well, um, is <laughs> like me and uh and Jason Sanford, who had a really really interesting player and and sculptor actually he makes all of his own instruments and he had a band or he has a band called neptune um I'm not sure if they did a, a fair amount of touring and put out a lot of stuff and they're they're still going on though they haven't done anything in a little while but um they're based in boston and i saw them a bunch of times i was a fan of theirs and um and and gavin mccarthy from karate um is the drummer and singer. He actually is the sing the singer on contagion model. Um Gavin's initially originally from Baltimore and you can tell he's got that kind of like uh Baltimore Ian McKay accent, even though Ian's not from Baltimore, but you know, he's got that sort of that sort of mid Atlantic thing. i
0: they call their town Balmore.
1: Balmore. Yeah, yeah. Balmore <laughs> Balmore Almore. Exactly. But um, yeah, so we got together. Um, I was I was doing, you know, still, I've been doing solo stuff for a while now, but I was feeling really the itch to be in a, do some collaborating with different people. And I always had kind of in the back of my mind that I, I was interested in playing with Jason, just from seeing his band Neptune play. I just, I can't explain it. It was just this thing I kind of filed away in the back of my mind. I was kind of like, I want to play with that guy one day, but and we knew each other, but we weren't friends, and we didn't really hang in the same circle. So it wasn't like I was like running into him or anything. But then that kind of changed, and and um, through the person he was seeing and the person I was seeing, we kind of ended up being in this. I ended up at a barbecue over his house, and I I knew that uh, I knew that couple of people in Neptune had just left and, and I was without a drummer. I just like, man, maybe this is a good time to ask him. So I just kind of, um, I didn't really know him all that well, but I was just like, Hey, would you ever, would you be interested in getting together and playing sometime? And and he just said, yes. So we just kind of started out with me and Jason. Um, cause neither, I guess neither of us were really doing our other stuff. And, and, uh, there was this chemistry there and we just kind of would just play together for a while. Um, just the two of us, just not, not even maybe, I guess we were recording stuff, but we weren't even trying to write songs. We were just, it was just totally like, let's just get together and jam. And, um, and then, um, we had, um, I was, I was looking for a drummer for, for my solo stuff at the time and, and found this great drummer, Alec, who Alec Tisdale, who, he didn't really work out for like the TZ band stuff I was doing, but, um, he's a great player. And I was like, and it was also Jason knew him too. And I was like, why don't we ask Alec, you know, see if he wants to come down and join these sort of like just improv jam, jam sessions. And um, so it started really slow and really organically. Alec ended up leaving eventually. Um, Cause he had a lot of other interests that were going on. And me and Jason were a little bit more serious about, about uh, kind of finishing recordings and touring and stuff. And, and Gavin had, we'd only done a few shows, but Gavin McCarthy had been at all of them. And he heard that Alec left, and then we were trying to think, what should we do, you know? And all of a sudden, I was like, maybe Gavin would want to play. So, yeah, it just kind of came together. And so Gavin, we put out the first record with Gavin. Once Gavin joined, we things started moving a lot faster.
0: Uh, there's no bass.
1: No, there's no bass. sorry about that you
0: know i actually i'm um, just thinking about that poor lonely kick drum
1: yeah well i mean jason is playing a guitar that he made so it's not it's a guitar we call it a guitar but it's not really actually a guitar and um he's playing it's it's he's using some bass strings it's in a different tuning um it's got six strings but um it's it's definitely not a, a normal guitar, and he's and he can do a lot of lower stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah and, you ever hear Charlie Hunter in the city? He plays with a couple bass strings on top. Ah, no, I, I, kind of a ja- uh, Nels Klein type of jazz, more fuse than uh, Nels, but yeah, he's got some. Yeah, some guys, yeah, especially since he makes his own stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then he started building. He built this. um, call it a stomp box, but it's actually like a saw blade that's like vibrating on contact mic. And it's in this wooden box and he, he can stomp on it and he can kind of like tune it. So for the first we, reason we called the band E is because all of our songs were in the key of E. And <laughs> okay. That was one of the reasons. And he kind of yeah, like Because that. I was thinking
0: there was a nineties thing with some kind of uh, dance drug, right? So droga.
1: Oh, ecstasy.
0: FDA right yeah, yeah, extra- or some shit. MDMA. Yeah, ecstasy, yeah. Yeah. I didn't
1: even think of that. Yeah, everyone used to call it E. Um <laughs> that is not what we named the band. Yeah,
0: good, after. good, good. I wanna yeah. play uh Appieris here. For Pedro's show, last music for this edition: Apiaries near me, for me. Uh, Brendan Etter Ensemble with Lullaby for Adults. He was on the show last week. Uh, yeah, he writes out uh, music for strings and horns and shit. Uh, Moldolman, that's Ballmore Band. Detail D letter and then T A I L, of course. John, uh, t- anybody from John Waterstown. Although he, he uh, Summers, I think he. Oh, Cape Cod. Yeah, he's with me. Andrea Vita Moda out of Berlin, San Ardo, riding with Randy. Some dude just gave me this C D out of gig, so I can so maybe SoCal. Blank tapes looking the light. Finally drop dead. For me. What's the next plan? Well let's first tell people I'll tell you where they can find you on the internet.
1: All right, well they can uh, they can we're he's got a Facebook page, we got a, a band cam page, uh which is a band called e dot bandcamp dot com. We are not able to use simply the name e on either Facebook or Bandcamp because it's just. It turned out that I think one of the things Jason liked about calling the band E also, in addition to because all our our first record, all the songs were in E was uh was that it's impossible to Google. So it's impossible <laughs> to Google us. You can find us if you look you for get a lot band of
0: results. Community.
1: Yeah, 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 put
0: put uh, Talia Z E D E K in the search bu- uh, bubble, people, because she'll come up. She's got lots of stuff, and and uh, I love what you're doing. I can't wait when you get your next thing going or your TZ thing or whatever. Please come back on. The... But one thing I want to ask: if you 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 meet younger musicians, do, do they ever ask you for advice? If they do, what what do you tell them?
1: Um. You know, actually, they, I, I have not been asked for that much okay, advice. Okay, what's going to ask you? Okay,
0: <laughs> what advice would you have about the music racket? I
1: mean, I guess, I guess there is some advice that I when when I hear people sometimes, especially in, in this time, because this is this is a very very difficult time for musicians, Absolutely. as you know. I mean, like everyone's tours have been canceled. Everyone's like, will I ever be able to play out again? And
0: yeah, because I I, I, post- I I try to use that postpone word.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm postponed. Yeah, we're we're postponed. I mean, I try I try not to get too depressed about it. I, we I, we had to postpone a bunch of touring. I, this whole summer I was supposed to be touring, but it'll it'll come back eventually for sure. It'll come back eventually. But um, I think one thing advice I give is that everything comes in cycles, and you just gotta like. You can't let your, what, things will be up. It's a rocky ride being a fucking musician, and things will go up, they'll come down. You just gotta, you gotta stick with it through the downtimes because they're not gonna last, and the uptimes also aren't gonna last. So, yeah. it's, it's just really about perseverance and kind of thinking, you know, being honest with yourself about why you're doing it, kind of managing your expectations, and you mm-hmm. know, and and not letting yourself get too bummed out. I mean, you know, some people realize, hey, this isn't really what I what I want to do. And, and they do other things. And I, I totally have much respect for people like that, too. I'm, but I'm kind of like a, I'm very single minded kind of person. I don't think it's necessarily a good thing. But I think, you know, if you've been doing music for a long time, some of us, it's just like, this is what we do, we, we don't really want. And we, we couldn't really live doing anything else, you know, even though we can make money doing other things. It's like, something that we need to do, and you know, you just gotta, it's w- wavy, and you gotta ride out the waves.
0: That's great advice. I i, I can totally relate to it. <laughs> yeah. Sure. It's been a huge honor for me having you on the show. Thank you so much, Talia, truly. It's been great, Mike. It's been really fun. Okay. Good luck with you. Thank well, like you I so much. Like I said, with the new stuff, bring it on, and we'll talk about it, okay, because interesting, very, your musical journey is very interesting. All right. Okay, Thank people, you. May 4, 2020 edition. Wow, Peter, shall we Keep your powder dry.